Welcome to The Courage Effect. I'm Suzanne Weller, and this is a show about growth and unleashing what's possible. You will hear inspiring stories about what courage looks like, how we navigate what's getting in our way, and the opportunities that surface when we choose courage over comfort. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. It's Suzanne. Welcome to The Courage Effect, and welcome to 2024. I hope that the new year is off to a great start. And I wanted to use today's show to actually do some planning for 2024, to really do a little bit of reflection, but have a conversation with all of you about how can we potentially bring more courage into our worlds for 2024. This is the time of year for resolutions, and I don't necessarily believe in resolutions because the success rate, uh, which I know from personal experience, is not great. Um, and I really like to think of it as intentions. I think it's a kinder, more compassionate way for us to, you know, just look at how we, what we bring into our lives, how we live our lives, and what are the things that we really want to be intentional about, but we don't beat ourselves up if they don't happen. And it's really about not making ourselves better, but living a life and showing up in a way that is really more true to who we are. And that allows us to achieve new possibilities. And obviously courage is a big part of that. And a lot of the time courage is about not just what you're going to take on in this new year, but also what you are going to let go of. What are you potentially going to subtract or say goodbye to? So let's spend some time today talking about that, really maybe those questions for the new year. I am going to share with you my word of the year. I don't know if you all do this. I've been doing it for probably the last maybe 10 years. And I do believe that it's a really nice anchor for me to get clear on what's important to me and allowing me to focus my energy. So I'll share that with you and some of the ideas that I have around that, which will hopefully give you some tools or some structures to help you to really start intentionally living the year ahead. So as we really start to look at what lies ahead in the next 12 months, the first place that I really like to start is by spending some time in looking back. If we want to be able to create change or we really want to make sure that we're living intentionally, it is vital for us to take some inventory on where are we now. What are we holding on to? What were the things that we achieved in 2023? Or maybe what were the things that we didn't? What were the things that we would like to do differently or maybe even do over? So I really like to start with, what am I excited about right now? What are the things that, as I look back over the past 12 months that went really well? What feels good? What are the things that I wanna keep doing as I move forward? And what am I excited about for next year? What might the next 12 months hold in store for me? So taking some reflections on what am I excited about now and looking back, what was great? What was awesome about 2023? What do you wanna keep doing? And then in tandem with that, what do you want to leave behind in 2023? What are the things that are potentially holding you back for the new year? And, you know, I really like to think of this as what is getting in the way of allowing you to really make your intentions happen for next year. So there are definitely things that I am ready to walk away from in 2023. I, I wrote quite a personal blog post on my website, and I will actually share this in the show notes, um, wrapping up the year called Closure. And for me, 2023 had quite a number of challenges. I faced the loss of a few dear friends. 
also some friends and family members dealing with health issues um, and me being a part of their care network, which I'm so grateful that I get to be. These are people that I love and that I want to make sure that I can provide some support and care through their challenging times. But there's also a time for me to look at what do I, you know, how do I do care in a way that continues to make sense for me? There are times where I tend to be a fixer. I tend to like to go in and take control where maybe it's not necessarily my place to take control, but I like to think that I, I know the answers probably more than I do. And with that, I have learned that a lot of these problems, first of all, aren't mine to fix. And I don't necessarily know the best answer for much less my problems um, when it comes to somebody else that is really not up to me. So I am I am taking some time on what do I want to leave behind? It is that jumping to fixing, jumping to advising from people and really honoring the grief that I've been experiencing over the past 12 months and making sure that I recognize it, that I still sit with some of that discomfort and honor the love and the losses that I had for last year. I feel like I've given myself some time to really sit in that discomfort. And now how do I hold on to that and create some containers for grief and just appreciating what those people were in my life or those experiences overall, but not necessarily letting it get in the way of what I want to achieve in 2024. So as you can see from some of what I shared just now, my need to fix really comes from potentially a fear, a fear of needing to add value, a fear of needing to, you know, I, I create my identity around being a bit of a helper, of being able to support people and knowing that I can be trustworthy and relied upon. That is a wonderful thing and it is very intentional for me. Um, but at the same time, that is something I have to really step back to think about what am I afraid of in those zones? What are the potential fears that are driving my need to fix? Fears are something we don't talk a lot about and for obvious reasons, because it puts us in an uncomfortable place. But I have been spending some time thinking about what fears are in my life? What fears might I be dancing around? And as I look forward to this next year, I want to be dancing with these fears. I want to not push them away and pretend that they aren't there, but I want to bring them in in a way that allows me to work through them and to potentially dance through them. So I learn, I learn something in the process. And I wonder for you, as you look back to 2023, what are some of the fears that you might be dancing around? And what are some of the fears that might hold you back moving forward? Let's talk a little bit about fear, because I think that a lot of us think about, you know, what's scary overall, and we're all scared of, of different things in our lives. But the key ones that I see for myself and that I see with clients and family and friends are what are the fears of what might happen if we do something or if we don't do something? So you know, that that can get in the way of us potentially making a decision or actually moving into action on something, or maybe jumping into something that isn't necessarily ours to solve, as I talked about before. So I really like to think of this as sort of the iceberg. 
the behavior is what's above the water. That's the response to the fear. Below the waterline is really what is motivating the fear, what is driving it. So how do we get a better idea of what is below that waterline? So other fears here might include what others are going to be thinking. How might we look? What are the larger optics around what we're doing? This is a huge driver. A lot of us look for, you know, we compare ourselves to other people, what's happening, what will they think if I do this? Or um, if we make a mistake, people will think that, you know, we're not trustworthy, we're not reliable, um, we don't have a good grasp of what we do, um, we're stupid. There's so many things that go into this. So what other people think is a very big fear. And also the need to be liked really threads into this. There's also a big fear about potentially losing control. That is a very scary thing when we have created a life, we've created stability, or you know that is something that we've lived with. And if we are taking a step to move outside of that comfort, that stability, that can be very terrifying. And the idea of not having control is, is really challenging. So as you are thinking about what are the things you wanna do in 2024, is there maybe something that you're holding onto, something that you think you're controlling? Because I would actually argue that a lot of what we think we control, we're not actually in control of. And is it potentially losing a sense of who we are, having control over how we're perceived by others or even how we perceive ourselves. So spending a little bit of time about those fears um, can give us a better idea of what's really motivating our behaviors. So I'm curious, what is really scary about 2024 for all of you? Maybe a way to unpack this a little bit is to think about one year from now. So let's think about the beginning of 2025. What do you want to look back on and having, you know, feeling good about having made a difference for yourselves, for your family, your friends, and your community. If you start to reflect on those points, what are the, what are some of the things that you're worried about you will do or that you will not do? This might give you an idea of what is really driving that fear. And if you spend some more time, then you can put some structure around the intentions that will give you an opportunity to figure out how can you successfully bring more courage in? How might you address that fear in a way that is manageable for you? I'm not saying that you need to necessarily jump into the deep end. Courage, as we talk about on the show, I think every week, can be about small acts that happen every day. How do we show up for other people? How do we bring small changes into our lives? So you might want to think about how do you bring change in ways that are almost, you know, micro changes, or as James Clear says, like atomic habits on an atomic level, small changes can make a big difference in your larger life. And a part of this too is, and one of the other big fears is fear of failure. This is huge. I think this is one of the things that really holds us back. And we have that larger phrase, you know, what would we do? Um, if we could fail or if we, you know, what would we do if we couldn't fail? I actually like Seth Godin's twist on that, which is what would you do if you could fail? Let's think about how we embrace failure and the comfort around failure. That is really, really hard. That is just a really difficult thing. But if we start to spend some time over 
how do we get more comfortable with failing? That might give you an idea. Also, when you start looking at those fears, what might be getting in the way? I'm actually afraid that if I don't do some intentions for this year, then I will let my grief just keep going. It will let me demotivate me. And I don't want that to happen because there have been times where it has slowed me down. So that is a fear that I deal with that I need to be looking at. And that is definitely part of my 2024 intentions. So we're going to cut to a break now. I want to come back and dig deeper into intentions overall. I'll share my word of the year with you. And I'm going to be curious for all of you, maybe what are some of those fears? And I'd love to hear from you after the show airs. Um, and if you listen to this on some of those, but I'm going to dig into some more of mine and what are the things that I'm putting into place this year to be able to wrangle them. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm going to face them and I'm going to work with them and to dance with them. I'm not going to push them away and pretend that they aren't there. So you are listening to The Courage Effect. We will be right back. Courage takes on many forms. I believe that one of the most courageous things that we can do is recognize when we need help and seek out support. Is something interfering with your happiness or keeping you from achieving your goals? If you're going through a hard time, possibly struggling with depression or anxiety, therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and accessible. It's an online platform where you can be matched with a professional therapist in as little as a few days just by filling out a few questions. I know from personal experience that finding a therapist and the right fit can be really difficult. With BetterHelp, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. For more information and to sign up to get matched with a therapist, go to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, dot com slash courage. Visiting this link both supports the show and gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. So if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to The Courage Effect. We are talking about 2024 intentions. How do we, we kick this year off in a way that is really going to work for us and be compassionate at the same time and really um, anchor on what is important to us as individuals? So in the first part of the show, we talked about some questions. How do we do some reflection onto 2023? What are the things we want to bring with us? What are the things maybe we want to do a little bit differently? And what are the things that we want to leave behind? The art of subtraction, as I like to call it, is something that is really powerful because if we look at our lives every day, there's so much there's so much noise, right? There's so much stuff that holds us back that takes our you know, our energy, our time, and our attention, which I like to say are our three most precious resources. How do we actually take things out of our lives or subtract things that aren't necessarily serving us effectively? And I bring that up because that is actually one of, that is a core to my biggest intention or my word of the year for 2024, which is curate. I am looking to not just necessarily take things out of my life, but I want to curate experiences, people, work. What are the things that I'm actually able to bring into my life to be to be, you know, really intentional and to cultivate the relationships that I want, to make sure that I'm spending my time most effectively. And then I am possibly opening myself up to new things and creating space in my life that I wouldn't have if I wasn't curating. 
So for me, curation, you know, I looked back at the Latin word of this, you know, the actual etymology of it, and it's from curatus, which means to take care of. I love this definition because it's taking care of, it's not just taking care of others and my life, but it's also taking care of me. So curation at the same time that it is you know, it, it's meaningful and it's healthy. It's helpful. Um, invigorating was another one of the words that I had read for it, but it really and truly is restorative. It's going to allow me to look at what I need throughout and to make effective decisions in my life for what I bring in and what I leave behind. So I am really excited about this word because it also is going to act as a sort of tonic. It's going to be something that's going to restore and invigorate me, as I said, and it's going to allow me to open up to new things, but also realize what is potentially holding me back. And this is not going to happen overnight. This is something that I'm going to be going through as I have different experiences, as I'm doing my reflections, I'm actually committing to doing a monthly reflection instead of just a quarterly. I mean, I, I do journaling um, most days anyway, but it allows me to get really clear on how am I spending my time? What are the things that maybe I don't want to do as much of, or I don't want to do at all? Um, obviously some things I have to do that I can't let go of, but I love a format which is called start, stop, continue. And maybe you've heard of the structure. It's something that I learned when I was doing change management work, which I continue to do. But it's the whole idea of what do I want to start doing? What do I want to stop doing? And what do I want to continue doing? The reason why I love this framework so much is that it's an, it allows us to really curate, allows us to bring something in. So something new and exciting, something that we are ready to let go of and leave behind. And also, what do we want to keep doing? Because a lot of the time we're doing amazing things and we're not necessarily recognizing ourselves for it. We aren't celebrating our successes and, and just appreciating what we do and where we're spending our energy effectively. So as I go through curation overall as my word for the next year. It's something that I really want to plan my year around. And a lot of this is based in the scarcity mindset. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the scarcity mindset. It's really defined as a pattern of thinking that focuses on either what you don't have or an underlying belief that there is not enough in the world or that you are potentially not enough. So the foundation of the scarcity mindset is lack is that we just don't have enough. And when you talk about this for yourself, it's a very disruptive thing because you are literally getting out of bed every morning, not being enough. This is something that we all deal with in different ways because we feel that we need to perform. We feel that we need to be doing things better. There's always something else that we can do. It's a dangerous place. It's also very entwined with perfectionism because it's something that we always think we need to be doing more. We're putting more energy in to be achieving things that are important to us that at the same time don't necessarily need the amount of time that we put into it. We might get so obsessive into detail that we need to zoom out and realize that it's not necessarily going to be any better for putting in that additional time because ultimately, you know, perfection does not exist which is something that I remind myself of constantly because I am a recovering perfectionist and we're going to have a great show about perfectionism in a couple of weeks. But the whole idea of lacking and not being enough 
is a huge thing that that drives my need to curate because I tend to overextend my time and energy for other people if I'm you know dedicating care and time it's not to say that I'm not going to be taking care of other people but I need to manage it how much am I giving to other people versus how much am I giving to myself so the idea of defining enough is going to be huge for me in 2024 I'm going to be spending time around what does enough look like for the various things that I want to be doing? And that will hopefully give me a better idea of how much time, energy, and attention I am dedicating to these various activities or relationships or whatever is happening in my larger world. Some other practices that I'm going to be putting in place are trade-offs. So if I say yes to something, what in turn do I have to say no to? And I really love to flip that around to somebody that, you know, I part of that, that perfectionism is also some restlessness. I like to do a lot of things. I potentially overcommit. If I say no to something, if I draw a good boundary, what am I then able to say yes to? That is a really powerful reframe. The idea of what do we open up to when we say no to something? So boundaries, not just drawing them, but honoring them. I can start to draw some boundaries in my life, but I need to be clear on what I need from other people, what I don't need from other people, and to be really holding myself accountable to those boundaries. This is where the self-compassion comes in. This is where the kindness, and this is really being true to what matters to me and making sure that I'm creating space for that. A big part of my life in 2024 is going to be focusing around my family. My parents have decided to move into assisted living this year, so I'm going to be spending time with them, making sure that they have the support that they need as they enter a new chapter in their lives. It's really significant. And as I continue to take care of my friends and who knows what other things are going to come up in my life that I need to make sure that I have the space, the energy to be able to support. So I also, in the first half of the show, mentioned containering. This is something that is a practice that I do that I love, that is so effective for me that I want to do more of next year. And it gives me the opportunity to say, I'm going to give myself a container to feel um, something that is not necessarily comfortable for me. So I've had containers for grief. So I've given myself time. This is a time where you can listen to sad music and look at old photographs and just be in a place of not being happy. You can cry, you can you can just be ugly and really be okay with sitting in not being okay. Having those times set aside, those containers of time allow me to cope and allow me to show up um how I want to show up in those times when grief it, it it's hard. It's hard for me to let grief in all the time. And it's not to say that I can schedule my life so religiously and so diligently that I'm going to always do this. But allowing yourself to have a container gives yourself the space to really feel it. Sometimes this may be mess. If you're somebody that's a really neat person, how can you create a container of, of bringing messiness? Um, maybe if you're really change averse, maybe there's different times and you, know, you can create a container for change in whatever way that's going to look like or adaptability. But these are some of the techniques that I'm definitely going to be using to curate. And I am also looking at another intention as a part of this, which is to consume less. 
I really want to pare down the stuff in my life. So I've decided to do a trade-off there. Every new thing that I buy, one thing has to go to the donation bin or it has to go, it has to go out. So the idea of, I don't want to keep consuming and bringing in more. I want to hopefully even go less than, but the, but I'm committing to one in one out with whatever item that may be. So as I look into the final minutes of the show, I realize that I have shared a lot with you today. So we've talked about 2024 intentions. Um, how can you create them? How can you spend some time really figuring out what is going to serve you best this year? And what are the things that you are ready to leave behind in 2023? And at the same time, what are the things that are going really well that you want to keep doing? So one of the frameworks, as I talked about, you can use to do this is the start, stop, continue framework. There's just such simplicity and beauty in that just by asking yourself some questions. What are the things that you keep putting off that you really want to be doing? Maybe what are the things that you keep putting off that you really don't want to be doing? And can you potentially get rid of those? And what are the things that you're getting good feedback on from other people or you're getting appreciation that maybe you're not paying attention to that you need to make sure that you keep doing? Let's spend some time on what lights you up and maybe similar acts that you can do. Maybe that's something that you can incorporate for 2024 as well. We also talked about the word of the year. So I'm hoping that that's something that if you don't do it, maybe you'll think about doing it this year. It's a really great way to set those intentions and to make sure that what you're committing to doing is meaningful. We want to make sure that our values, that what is core and important to us now is something that stays with us throughout the year. And having that word is a really nice anchor to hark back to and keep you on that track. And the other thing that I want to make sure that I mention is, you know, we talked about failure, getting more comfortable with failure. How might you bring more self-compassion into your world this year? Intentions are not meant to be something that is draconian in any way. It is not meant to be self-punishing. It's a way for you to be realizing things that are important to you. But how do you also give yourself some compassion if you don't do them, or if you don't even get close to, to achieving, like maybe you created some big goals, you have to be okay with them not happening at the same time. And then asking some questions, why didn't I do that? These are things that will also give you an idea of maybe it wasn't as important to you now as you thought it was at the beginning of the year. So I hope that this show was helpful for you to really think about what was great about the past year, what are the things that you're really looking forward to in 2024, and give you some reflection prompts and ideas for how to approach this next year more courageously and more intentionally. So thank you so much for listening. As always, I wish you a wonderful 2024, and I look forward to you being a part of my audience. I am grateful for you. Happy New Year. Stay courageous.